fun. So fun to have the whole family in here. We got, I, I believe, first graders and up. It's so fun. Well, I'm Pat. I'm one of the pastors on the team here. And this is a joy to kind of finish this year out together. So much fun. How many of you were with us a week ago at one of the Christmas Eve services? Yeah! Oh, man. That was so fun, so memorable, walking out the doors into a winter wonderland, a white Christmas. Oh, it's so good. My wife and I, we, we, we packed up our little Camry, threw Sailor in the back. Well, we didn't throw him in the back. We, you know, safely buckled him and uh, loaded up, brought our Springer, and went over the hill, over the pass to Spokane. It was a little exciting on the pass heading over. It was a little better coming back. Uh, but such a fun week, just, just homemade cooking and family and friends and memories. And, and I was able to get out with my dad and my sister who went snowshoeing on the top of Mount Spokane. And just so beautiful out. I just feel like you're, feel like you're walking through like a Dr. Seuss book when the trees get plastered with the snow like that. Just, just, just a good week. And of course, Sailor, he, he just got spoiled rotten by the grandparents' his first Christmas. So we got gobs of toys that, that are colorful and light up and make sounds, you know, just like the whole bit. And, and I kid you not, we, so we, we, we have these kind of sprinkled throughout our house now, all these things to avoid as you're walking around. And, uh, and his favorite thing still, and it's been kind of his favorite thing for a few months running now, is to wander into the bathroom and just pull out all the toilet paper. So we've gone through a lot of toilet paper in 2017. Uh, but it, it was so great. So, Well, we're, we're really at that beautiful time of the year that, that, that tees us up, that, that kind of offers itself an opportunity that we really don't take uh, kind of quite honestly that often, that, that we're probably pretty poor at, and, and I'm including myself in that. And that's an opportunity to reflect, to kind of pause and, and kind of take note as to what's happened over the course of a year. And then kind of simultaneously to actually then look forward as well, to kind of think, kind of, kind of see what it is that maybe God would have for us heading into a new year. And so I'm hoping over the course of either today or tomorrow, you can set some time aside to just kind of spend some time in reflection. Uh, a rhythm that, that I've taken up a few years now is just kind of spending uh, this season of the year in prayer, just asking the Lord, is there a word or a phrase or some type of theme that he would have for me heading into a new year? And, and it's something I encourage you to do. It's just a, a really beautiful thing to see what the Lord would have for you. And, and so in previous years, uh, words have been like health, freedom, unity, Super Bowl champions. Like there, there's just such beautiful things. Uh, um, and, and so what I wanted to do uh, this morning as we have an opportunity to kind of open up God's word is share with you what I'm sensing uh, the Lord has kind of spoken to me of what I'll be holding on to heading into this next year. And it's this short phrase and, and it's the words remain in me, remain in me. That's just kind of, again, that what I was sensing, what I was thinking, what I was feeling. And, and so it, it had me kind of turning towards John chapter 15, where we actually see this talked about, where Jesus uses this phrase. And, and so what I want to do is I want to walk through a portion of scripture together, again, in John chapter 15. And there will be uh, verses that are on your handouts that you kind of got, little message notes, and it'll be on the screen. But I also want to plug uh, a Bible. 
if, if you do not yet have one of these, if you're walking into a new year without one of these guys, then grab the one in the seat back in front of you. It'll look like this. Uh, it is yours. It's our gift from us to you. Uh, it's the exact same version of the Bible that, that we'll be reading this morning. Um, but again, we, we just want to make sure that you're equipped on this journey as you follow Jesus. And so before I read uh, these first few verses out of John 15, I just want to give you a little context. What's going on? What, what's kind of happening right here? Uh, everything we're about to read, first of all, is spoken by Jesus, is written in the words of red. These are words of Christ himself. They are also spoken the last night he is with his disciples, the night before he is going to be crucified on a cross. And so it says that they're reclining at this Passover feast. They're, they're kind of enjoying uh, this celebration together, this meal, this feast. And, it, and, and we have, John gives us actually pretty lengthy discourses to the things that Jesus is talking about in this time, this last time spent with his disciples. And so we're just going to look at a portion of that this morning. And so I'm going to kick it off here in verse 1, chapter 15. Again, the words of Christ. Jesus says, I am the true grapevine. And my father is the gardener. So that's verse 1. I just want to hit pause right there. Jesus saying this is actually a little bit of even a paradigm shift for a Jewish listener. So he has, he has his, his bros, his followers, his disciples there with him in this upper room. And him just saying that he is the true grapevine, the, the true vine, is something that would be kind of, uh, to a Jewish listener, Jewish context, they would kind of take note of because they'd long heard it and understood that Israel was the vine. That, that, and you would see that kind of adorned on the temple. You kind of find that throughout the Old Testament, through the Psalms and whatnot. And so what Jesus is saying is like, hey, it's not your connection to, to a nation or a people group or an ethnicity that matters. He's setting himself apart and he's saying, I am the true vine. And then he speaks of the father. He says, and the father, the father is a gardener. He is the gardener. And I, and I love even that imagery. And, and, and gardens kind of keep to uh, continue to come up throughout scripture. Uh, you don't go far, but in at the very beginning of creation, but where does God place his prized possession, his prized creation, Adam and Eve, but in a garden? And so we have this God and we serve a God who is creator and cares for that which he creates. And so Jesus, he continues. Jesus says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. See, part of gardening is pruning, kind of trimming away that which is excess, excess or extra uh, to kind of channel some of the nutrients into these areas. But, but the whole goal, the whole goal, the, whole, the ultimate end here is fruit. In, in this case, grapes, right? Just delicious, juicy grapes. Just, and that is what Jesus is speaking. And, and he continues in verse 4. Amen. Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
So we finish this passage, and what I'd encourage you to do, maybe it's on your message notes, or, or maybe it's in your brand new Bible that you just took out of the seat back, but circle that phrase that comes up three times, those three words, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. It comes up three different times. And, and that's a great tool to even use as you head into a new year, maybe opening up the Bible and, and reading scripture is looking for repetitive themes or words or phrases and kind of dwelling on that, meditating there. But to bring it in even over lake terms, what Jesus is saying is connection is everything. Amen. Connection is everything. Connection to me is everything. I am the vine and you are like branches that come from me. Amen. That's what Jesus is saying. The imagery that I get in my mind, and again, this is just kind of the season of life that I'm in with a, a little one, little sailor's about to turn one, uh, is kind of our nap time together. It's a Sunday afternoon ritual, kind of a rhythm we have. Uh, we were actually doing it yesterday as we watched the Pac-12 suffer uh, one of its eight losses in the bowl season. Oh, some hurting hearts on the West Coast. But, uh, but, but this is something we do is, is just this beautiful time of just kind of falling asleep together. And, and that's the imagery I have, just that closeness, that proximity, that kind of that abiding, that nearness, that connection. It's effortless, and, and it's just beautiful, and there's kind of a resting there. And Jesus is saying, if I'm the vine and you're the branches, it, it goes even deeper. He's saying, the very life that you have, it comes from me. It flows from me. The, for, the, the, the fruit produced in your life is actually derived from, from the source of who I am. And it's powerful to, to, to get our thoughts around, our mindsets around. And so this idea of becoming fruitful and, and kind of the title of this message, what, what, what could it look like but to have a fruitful 2018? And the first uh, fill-in, if you like to take notes, is this, and we see it in the scripture, show up pretty early, but it's just this idea that pruning, pruning is a good thing. It leads to more fruit. I thought it'd be wise to go to Google, type in pruning, kind of find out, you know, read a real definition. I'm not a, a true green thumb. I'm not, not a pro when it comes to gardening. First thing I get are like articles and images of like little wrinkly toes and fingers, right? When you're in the water too long. And, and so guys, I'm so quickly distracted. I'm like instantly like, wow, this is so interesting. And I just started clicking on these things. And, and why, why do they do that? Like, why do our fingers and toes do that? Like, oh, oh, here's, here's a little white paper that some scientist has written. And, and so fun fact, guys, what I found out, uh, some in the scientific community would say that our fingers and toes kind of transform because it actually allows us to adapt to get better traction underwater. Kind of like tread on tires. Right? Glad you came to church. Yes? Okay. <laughs> Table that. That's actually, that's not the pruning we're talking about. What we're talking about is this intentional trimming and cutting away and this removal of that which is excess for, for an increase in fruit, an increase in productivity. It's a good thing. Pruning is a good thing. And as we head into this new year, I think it, it challenges us. It kind of uh, is, is wise of us to maybe pause and think about what in our lives maybe needs to be trimmed, removed, pruned. What's the excess? Because what happens otherwise is a plant just becomes so overgrown that it actually becomes less fruitful. And it's just kind of a, an overgrown mess. 
And I think the same can happen in different areas of our lives. Maybe, maybe there's a, uh, an attitude that's coming to mind that you just know needs to end as this year ends. Maybe there's a habit that you've picked up that you just know needs to kind of get cut out of your life. I wrote down, and there's all kind of different areas of our lives, but I just wrote down a few as I was thinking about this. And one was kind of time slash activities. Uh, where's your, your time spent? Uh, do you need to consider pruning some screen time? Do you need to consider pruning your consumption of news or politics? Kids, do you need to prune some of the time spent at school or doing homework? No, no, you don't. You don't, actually. No, no. Wow, wow. They're awake. They're with us. They're with us. I wrote down just personally something that I sense like, ooh, I need to, I need to prune my, just how much TV I watch, in particular sports and ESPN. I'm just so quick to watch the next thing. They're so sneaky, guys. If, if you're watching a game, about the third quarter, they just start promoting what's next, like either later that night or the, the next night or, you know, like it, they, they got me. They got me, but not in 2018. So, so, so again, what, what, what needs to be pruned? Budget, finances. What debt payment can you eliminate this year? Just leave behind. Which, what, what can you just attack and just get done with? What card can you cut up? We'll make it easy. As, as the buckets come by later for tithes and offerings, we'll cut up any card that ends up in there. And after charging a, a generous donation to, to the church, uh, no, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that. But what spending habits could be pruned? Again, a personal note, something Lee and I even talked about, uh, was, was this his whole thing. Guys, this is so embarrassing. Uh, do we really need cable and Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. That's, that's, that, that was like the Swansons, like just this excess, this overgrow of like, what are we just spending so much money on here? And so a trimming, kind of a distilling down as to what really matters here. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe you can think of, of, of influences, maybe is even a better word in your life. And, and, and maybe it's people in the flesh and blood you spend time with. Or, or maybe it's a, an influence or a persona that comes across the radio or, or, or a TV uh, uh, station or show or whatever that, that you can find somehow is shaping your life and who you're becoming. And, and you're recognizing, okay, I need to actually distance myself from that. Uh, I can remember, I was trying to think back to the first time I had to prune some relationships in my life. And, and, I, and I found myself back in the fifth grade in, in my mind. And I can remember this. I can remember this vividly. Uh, it was during the fifth grade school year. And I, and I had these two friends, Michael and Brandon. And Brandon got just a gob full, just a baggage, huge, just picture a huge like uh, uh, grocery sack full of black cat firecrackers, the little ones, nothing huge, nothing crazy, but but. To a fifth grade mind, it's like sticks of TNT. Like, so, so he just has a bag full of this stuff. And he brings it to school. Pfft, why not, you know? <laughs> and so after school one day, Brandon, you know, is kind of like, he like asking Michael and I to come over, like, check this out. And it's like, oh, bro, that's a lot of, that's a lot of explosives. And, and he just starts grabbing handfuls. Just, just the spirit of generosity falls upon Brandon in this moment. And he just starts to pour just handfuls into Michael and I's backpacks. To which I'm like, this is a beautiful thing. Like, like, blessings upon you, Brandon, and your generous hearts. And so for the next week, what we do is we walk home together, and our homes aren't even near each other. So more or less, we're just wandering through neighborhoods, 
lighting these things off, just throwing them, putting them in the ground, lighting them, kind of wiring four together, lighting that from running away. So in broad daylight, mind you, like school gets out at like 2.55 or something like that. So we're just out there, just Spokane Valley, picture a bunch of like three different fifth grade boys just out there, just having, having the time of their lives. And so each day we're bringing these fireworks with us in our backpack with lighters and, and just wandering home, just blowing stuff up. So finally, Finally, a concerned citizen, who knows what they said or what, what not, but they got a hold of school administration at McDonald Elementary on, on, uh, on McDonald 16th there in the valley. And, and they call the school and they say, you have a couple kids that are blowing things up. Better get a hold on it. So I will never forget, we had a principal at the time, this lady who was very short and just kind of very petite woman, but she could put the fear of God in you just with like a look. And she wanders into our class. And I remember it was in the afternoon, after afternoon recess. She comes in and she says, I want everyone to pull out a blank sheet of notepaper. Like, all right. Pull it out. She's like, we have reports of a few boys that are lighting fireworks on their way home from school. And all I'm asking is that you write down the names of anyone that you know that may be doing this. Yeah. No, picture me, though, guys. Like, have, have some pity on me. Like, here, here I am, fifth grade, good little Christian boy in a total moral dilemma. Like, ah, uh, do I put my name down? Do I not? Do I, ah, uh, you know, and, and, and my heart's pounding. I'm sweating profusely. It had this principal just scanned the room. She could have easily been like you. And just that gladiator-type moment, you know, like... So I'm thinking I'm going to jail, like my life's over, Brandon will be in the cell to the left, Michael to my right, you know, like just no visitors ever. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just think it's the end of the world. A uh, few five-day suspensions are doled out. Things, you know, kind of turn around. But it was in that season. I recognize I need to address, I need to kind of discern who am I going to run with? So regardless, I would say whether you're in fifth grade right now or you're 50, this is a reflection we should all enter into to tend to our lives as to what are the influences that, again, are shaping us. Because there may be some that you need to distance yourselves from. So let's continue this passage from John. In in verse 6, it says, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Guys, here's this fill-in on, on blank line number two there. Like branches need the vine, parents need wine. No, 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 sorry, sorry. Oh, there, there it is. Re- read it wrong, read it wrong. Uh, it is, we need Jesus. You can put that on your notes. Like branches need the vine, we need Jesus. When you just read that section of Scripture, there's this recognition that just the very definition... Just calling something a branch, by definition, means it's related to something by which it it derives its life from. That's us. Jesus is saying, you're the branches. I'm the vine. Your life is to flow from me. The fruit that you bear is to be fruit that is of me. 
Jesus has given us a powerful metaphor to, to kind of latch on to, to make this concrete. And, and in my mind, I don't know why this was kind of like so like just amazing, but I began to think, anyone in here, quick, quick raise of hands, anyone ever eaten an apple in here before? Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of hungry people. Okay. A lot of people like apples. Uh, first of all, Give your thanks to the 509 Eastern Washington. We grow some great apples over there. What's up, Wenatchee? Uh, giving you some love this morning. But, but think about this. Every apple you've ever eaten, every single one, guarantee you, guarantee you, grew off of a branch, derived its life from a trunk with roots that went down and kind of gathered its nutrients to, to give to this branch, to bear this apple. And in that apple is far more than just a delicious snack. For you can take even the seeds in an apple and plant not just another tree, but a whole orchard by which you produce even more fruit. There's some beautiful imagery that Jesus is giving us here. Amen. What he's saying is, is the fruit in your lives, that much fruit that you are producing, it actually points to the fact that you're my true disciples. That's what he's saying there in that passage. It makes me think of one of my favorite hobbies that I picked up in 2017 was bird watching. My dad got me a new bird watching uh, little book that I can use now uh, for Christmas. Way excited. But, uh, but when I'm out there, Juanita Bay, checking out the birds, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a few things. What are kind of the markings of the bird? What, what's its call like? What, what's its sounds that it's creating? What's its flight pattern like? All these things are clues as to what species it is, what type of bird it is. The same is true of us. The things that our lives are producing can be identifiers of that as a true disciple, a true follower of Jesus. That's what Jesus is getting at here. That's what he's speaking to. And an apple tree, and, and I've been around many of them, although I've never farmed them or anything. I've been around many apple trees in my day, in my time. Walked by many of them. I will tell you this. I've never walked by an apple tree that was sweating. Like it was just straining so hard to just produce fruit. Like, you know, you know, like it, it, just, it just is effortless. It's just what an apple tree does. It just flows off the branches from being connected to the trunk. And I think the same is true for us to get our minds around. That by just remaining in Christ, by just being connected to him, that, that, that our lives don't take on an extra and increased amount of strain or effort. It's not harder to live. In fact, it's just effortless. We just find that, that our lives begin to flow out and, and begin to look more like Christ because we just are near him. We're just connected to him. And so I don't want to communicate in any shape, way, or form that there's more effort involved. I think just the opposite. It's this life of freedom that in being connected to him, we're actually our more true self. So a reflection question there, and I, and I have kind of one of these reflection questions for each point. Again, to ponder over at some point today or tomorrow as we head into this new year. But, but here is great to think about what areas in life can you depend more upon Jesus with? Just as a branch is dependent upon the trunk of a tree or a vine, uh, a, a branch coming from a vine, just as it's dependent upon, just as it trusts that, that its nutrients will come from that, I think the same is true in our lives. That is there an area that maybe you have not entrusted to Jesus yet, that headed into this next year, you're sensing you need to? 
All right, let's, let's pound out the rest, the final few verses here. Verse 9. Again, Jesus' words. Jesus is saying, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. There's, there's a connection here that I think is beautiful and can, can get distorted. You kind of end up some poor theology if you get things turned around. What this is not saying is that you are loved because you obey. That's, that's not quoted at all. In fact, we see just the opposite through this beautiful story of a God that pursues us with love. Amen. What's said is that obedience is, is, is like a response. It flows out of our love for Jesus. That again, this life of freedom, uh, this life of being more true, more, more human, more, more that which we were created to be actually just, it just flows out of us. And, and, and we find that that happens because we're walking more in alignment with Jesus' ways and teachings and commandments. Amen. That it's far better than following our own thoughts or the ways of this world. But, but, to, but again, to kind of be obedient in alignment with, connected to who Jesus is. And so we continue and end here. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Amen. A fruitful year, number three, and the last point here, if you like to, to jot these things down, is a fruitful year is a year defined by love. If you continue Jesus' teachings, and, and many times as you're watching and, and thinking and looking to study what Jesus has said, the discourses of his sermons, it all comes down to this foundation, this bedrock of love, really in three directions, if you break it down. Love God, love, love neighbor, other, and love enemy even. And, and, so, and so that's where, again, Jesus' teaching derives to, that our lives should be defined by love. That that is the fruit of our lives. And there's this cool connection between uh, 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 this love and this joy. But I think what it first demands of us or, or requires us to think about is even just that term fruitful. In our American kind of capitalistic, kind of maybe independent ways, mindsets, paradigms, Fruitful can take on meaning some of these type things, and this is not what we're talking about, but, but fruitful has come to mean maybe an increase in income or an increase in ownership of property, uh, hopes of an ever-expanding economy, a surge in sales, a growing bank account, an expansion of business, this idea of a chart that goes up and to the right. And what Jesus is grounding this term fruitful in is love, Amen. is love. To remain in him is to remain in his love. And to produce fruit is to love like him. I mentioned earlier this connection between kind of love and joy. It comes up there in that passage. And it makes so much sense, again, when you think of this metaphor that Jesus is speaking to of a vine. You think of a vine and the fruit are grapes. You think of the fruit of grapes and it's wine. You think of the fruit of wine and it's joy. You see, that? you see that connection throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. You see it happening at celebrations. Look at the first miracle Jesus did. Miraculously turns water into what? Wine. wine. Woodenville, you love that story, don't you? That's like, that's like your Bible passage. Yeah, yeah, you like that. Wine. Wine that brings about a joy. 
wine that's to be busted out when there's a celebration involved. Jesus is saying, hey, the benefits of connection to me is the fact that your life will be so filled with joy. As I began to think about this, as I began to even kind of pray over this and think about our church family here, I just, I just kind of found myself thinking over what if 2018, as, as we go into a year desiring kind of a fruitfulness, we view it as we're to become the fine wine of the east side. Our lives, our lives are to take on this, this beautiful love that produces a joy in the places we work, in the parks that we go to, in the neighborhoods that we live in. That wherever we go, it's like wine's just kind of getting poured around to anyone who would be in need of it. You know, like, like it's this beautiful abundance mindset. And that's, again, what Jesus is speaking to. Amen. Verse 11, again, I just want you to hear this again. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Boom, exclamation mark. I always love those. They show up a lot in the NLT for some reason. I just like that. Reflection here. Something to be thinking about as we come, kind of conclude this final point here. How can your life more reflect the love of Jesus this year? What comes to mind? And in each life in here is unique and different. The different lives that are kind of connected to you are different than those that are connected to me. Your address is different than mine. Uh, except for there's two people in here. We have the same one. But anyways. And so the beauty is that there's this uniqueness that the Spirit would call you into of what it'll look like to be fruitful this year. What opportunities of love there may be to enter into, to walk into, to lean into. And, and the fruit by which is going to be one that just produces a joy. And so be thinking about that. Again, spend time in reflection today or tomorrow. And where I want to kind of land this now is, is kind of looking forward even. And I won't read the passage uh, beyond where we have, but as you read John 15 and beyond, again, setting being the upper room, the Last Supper, this is the, it was in less than 24 hours, like let this sink in, in less than 24 hours, Jesus' lifeless body will be taken off of a cross, wrapped up and placed in a grave. And what is it that Jesus does with his disciples in that moment? He breaks bread and he tells them. He gives us the, the, the imagery to all that are in the room that day. And it becomes instituted in our tradition of faith that this is my body which is broken for you as he passes around the bread. And then he takes the fruit of the vine and he pours it into a cup. And he makes sure that all are watching and listening as he tells them, hey, this is the new covenant right here. This is my blood which is poured out, which is shed, which is given freely for the forgiveness of your sins. And he passes it around. And what he says in that moment, and as you continue in John chapter 15, he explains what this love is like. He says, there's no greater love than when one lays down their life for a friend and then he backs it up the next day. And he invites us into that same life, that same love, that sacrificial nature of serving others, tending to others, 
pouring our lives out for others. So I'd like to do in this moment is actually invite every single one of you to stand for those who are able. In just a moment, I'm going to give us an opportunity to come to the table, to partake in that which the disciples did that night. To take a piece of bread, being reminded that that is the body of Christ which is broken for you. To take a cup, to partake of that, being reminded that that is the blood of Christ which is spilt and shed for you. And what I would encourage you to do is do what we kind of do in this time of year. One, looking back, not just into 2017, but way back to the cross even. Reflecting on that love which has been given to you. And the other would be as you partake of the elements to look forward. Not just into a new year of 2018, but beyond that. An invitation that's extended. As Jesus says, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. So Overlake, let's go now. Let's live fruitful lives. And feel free to come to the tables in the front, middle, or back as you're ready. Let's worship.